Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Inner Fight Podcast. This is episode number 719. And for the next 30, maybe 40 minutes, I you'll hear my voice. My name is Mark Smith. I'm the host of the Inner Fight Podcast. For those of you who do not know or have not been here before, if it's your first time, welcome. Today, I'm talking all about things that you might want to ask yourself. Now, there's a reason why I have a list of these things. And it actually stems from a thought process I had of questions that I wanted to ask various guests that I have on the show. So I sat down only a few weeks ago with my pen and paper and I started to note down different things. Just actually what I thought was literally quite random questions that I thought might catch them off guard. And I think when you catch people a little bit off guard, you often get some quite interesting answers that are perhaps a lot more, shall we say, less curated. Not that they'd be less truthful, but less curated. They haven't had time to think about them, to craft a, how should we say, an answer that they think is what people want to hear rather than what they want them to hear. Actually, you'll be interested to know that I don't often send any of the guests on the show any real direct questions that I'm going to ask. I will make a list of questions and topics that I want to speak about in the shows, but I'll never send them specific questions because if I do that, I think that they're really prepared and I don't think that that brings out the best. Now, you can argue this. I'm not saying that the way I do things is right, Larry King rest in peace, may well do things or have done things a lot different and be saying, Marcus, you're doing it all wrong. But this is the way that I quite like to do it. I'll tell people the topic, how we're going to go. I'll have about four, what I would call talking points, and then we jump into it. So I started listing down some questions that I thought might be useful for me to just drop in because I thought they'd actually be useful for you guys to hear the answers as well. And I thought, after I'd written them down for about a week, I started looking at them and I was like, should I ask this guest this week this question? And I was like, uh, I'm not sure where I'm going to fit it. And then I thought, well, it's not really that fair to ask the guests these questions if I don't have answers to them myself. So this show is the questions that I wrote down in my booklet, in my Moleskin notebook that day. And I have not prepared anything for this show. I actually don't even know how many questions there are. I definitely have not prepared any answers. So I will try and get through this without any, there's actually 16. I've just had a look on Evernote where I keep all my notes for this. I will try and get through this without pausing to think or try and let off the answers that immediately come to me. And if you're driving along or you're listening along, maybe try and do the same thing. I will ask the question. I'll then have about a five-second pause, probably a little bit shorter, because some of them I'll just want to answer straight away, and then I'll answer the question. So when I ask the question, and this could be a little bit interactive if you like, just pause what device you're listening on, if you're listening in the car, wherever you're listening, and maybe try and answer the question and see what happens. I've never done this before. You've maybe never done this before, but I thought, why not? So these are things that you may want to ask yourself. Number one, if today was your last day on earth, what would you do? 
I've actually been... Sorry, I was going to pause, wasn't I? You can press pause. I'll keep talking. I've actually been asked this question a few times before. So it's not genuinely one that I own. But my answer has always been the same. And I've actually thought about it quite a lot. I would spend time with Holly, my wife, with mum, dad, hopefully Claire, my sister, talking to them. And if I could choose in a place of nature that just has a really nice view. We'd eat some good food, we'd definitely do some exercise, and we'd just sit and we'd talk. It's actually, and we'd obviously have some good coffee. And maybe later in the day, we'd have a nice bottle of wine to finish it off. Who knows, do something crazy. But my point here is quite simple, is that I often hear people say, if today was my last day on earth, I'd jet off to such and such and such and such and do such and such and such and such. Which is all quite random to me. And the fact that all I would do is spend time with people that I love doing things that I love to do and do pretty much every day anyway. I love spending time talking about sometimes light things, sometimes deeper things with those people that I've just mentioned. And I love eating food with them, being in nature with them. So that's what I do on my last day on earth. Some people might say that, oh mate, that's a little bit boring, but this is me, this is my show, so that's what I do. Number two, do you wake up feeling amazing? I remember to pause. Yes, not every single day, but most days I absolutely do. And I think I know why I do. And I want you to think, when you've woken up feeling absolutely amazing, what made you wake up and feel absolutely amazing? And I put it down to two or three things. The first thing is, you've slept really well, and normally for a period of around seven to nine hours. The second thing that enables you to wake up feeling absolutely amazing is if you're genuinely looking forward to what you have to do that day. And the third thing that I believe that enables me to wake up absolutely amazing is I get to wake up next to my wife pretty much every day after 13 years of her working as an air hostess and not waking up next to her every single day. But that's a whole other discussion. So the point here is quite simple that you can actually probably control if you wake up feeling amazing every single day by ensuring that you get to bed on time and that you have something that you're genuinely looking forward to doing in the day ahead. I think that's one of the reasons why I wake up pretty much every day super excited about what's gonna happen. I feel amazing. I also know that the massive contribution to it, because I've tested this, is actually eating good food the night before. Because often when I go out, eating food out, not always that it's unhealthy, sometimes yes, it could be unhealthy, I feel like absolute crap the next day. I also feel that when I don't have something that I'm looking forward to, that I don't feel super excited or energized about the day. Now, you could say to me, well, I'm only going to work today. And I would agree with you. But what are you going to do at work? Is there something in your day that you're genuinely looking forward to, you're genuinely excited about? Pick that thing, focus on that. And when you wake up in the morning, Really give that your energy and see what it gives back to you. Number three, 
And this might seem quite random, nothing linked to one and two, but does climate change concern you? Yes, it does. It's crazy how the world is changing. We've known that it's been changing for a number of years, and we've got history and science that the history shows us what has happened, and the science shows us what will happen. My biggest fear or my saddest moment when it comes to climate change is that we're probably not doing everything we can right now to prevent it. I'm guilty, for sure you're guilty. The very fact that the device that you're listening to this on and the way that you're listening to it could have advanced climate change in a negative or a positive way, made it faster, negative for the planet, makes us all incredibly guilty. But it does concern me and I do constantly ask myself what I can do to have a small impact on the planet to preserve it for humans of future generations. And I think if we all did that, then we might move the needle a tiny bit. I know there are a lot of factors and the way the population's gone and some people say we're past the point of no return. I'm not super well read in this area, so I won't state a case either for or against that. But all I can do is encourage you to ask the question, what can I do to slow down in some way climate change? What habits can I change what ways am I negatively contributing to climate change where I could positively contribute to, perhaps you'd say, a lack of climate change? Number four, do you spend time in reflection? If so, how often and why? Yes, I do. Every morning, I spend anywhere between 60 seconds to about 15 minutes in reflection. I sit and I think. I think about things from the day before. I also, and this sounds a bit weird, but I think about what's coming and I ask myself how I'm going to act within those things in the coming day, which again, some might argue that's not reflection at all, mate. And I agree, it's not. But in that time in the morning, I'll sit and think about both things. I'll also spend time in reflection when I'm out running, and I've spoken about this before, those of you that have listened to me on the show or on other shows would know that. Running for me is a great time to reflect and to process things. And I'll often park certain things, not physically, but in a metaphoric way, and then go to those things for when I'm going for a run, and I'll be like, that's one thing that I needed some time to reflect on and now's the time to get it out, unpack it during this run. So I think reflection happens in a number of different ways. A lot of people think that we should have daily reflective journals, we should be writing stuff down, we should have gratitude journals. And I think there's a great place for all of these things. They've been proven to work for so many people. That's because that's how they respond to reflection. That's what works with their brain, with their personality, and I don't think there's a right or wrong way to carry out reflection. I also don't think there's a right or wrong time frame to carry it out on. Some people say you should spend X number of minutes a day doing it. Some days I don't have that many things that I want to spend time and reflection on. And that's why it can go from anywhere between 60 seconds to 15 minutes. So 
what I encourage you to do here is figure out what works for you. In reflection, we're trying to learn from the past. We're trying to process things, put things to bed by unpacking them. And that will work for people in different ways and at different times. So what I think people should be doing is experimenting and figuring out what works best for them and also always being open to potentially adding ways to their armory to reflect. If something's not working, if you don't feel that you're able to get into a good state of reflection by doing it first thing in the morning, stop doing it first thing in the morning. And the why behind reflection, I think is covered a little bit in what I just said, in that it's a great way to learn, it's a great way to process things, it's a great way to download things and to become at peace with certain things, if you like. Number five, 2.6% of the world is vegan. Why do we hear so much from them? This was a question that I've actually been asking myself a lot recently. And this is not about the vegans. We've seen it. And yes, I do have to mention COVID-19 during this show. But we've seen it with a big push of anti-vaxxers during the COVID-19 pandemic or the recovery from the pandemic. You can't turn on the news each day without hearing from this group of people. The reason why we hear so much from these minorities is because I believe the media really, really give it way too much or give these issues way too much light because it's a controversial opinion and controversial opinions often get more attention. So if you're a newspaper and you're printing stuff about the minorities that most of the time are quite controversial, that's why they're a minority because they're against the majority. I'm not sure if that's a definition, but it seems to work quite well. They're against it and therefore they stand out and they get a voice. The problem is, is the media give them a voice and this is how we hear so much from them because it starts to grow. And people believe the media because people are inherently lazy and it's easier to listen to something on Sky News or read something in the Daily Mail that resonates with you or that you want to believe and then you believe that it's true. As is always the case, whether it be around the way that people eat or whether it be around the vaccines, these are just two simple examples that I've pulled on right now. What I encourage people to do is go and check the research. Look at science. Look at peer-reviewed studies on things. And then you're in a better position to make a decision and also to voice your opinion. No one wants to sound like an idiot. But there's loads of people going around giving evidence, so-called evidence, that they've taken from the Daily Mail. Which those of you that are not from the UK, maybe that doesn't really resonate. But it's a pretty, well, let's not be nasty to the Daily Mail. The sun and the mirror are a lot more, well, I won't say. However, they're probably not the most reputable or believable newspapers on the English newsstand. Number six. Is there anything in the future that you are worried about? I don't really know why I put this as a question. 
Because I personally don't really worry too much about the future. I don't know if it's because of the things I've read on stoicism and investing our energy and our mind and our focus in the present because that's when we have the most impact and not worrying about things in the future that we really have no control over and often pan out a lot different to how we stress ourselves out that they may do anyway. But I guess there is one thing in the future that I'm worried about and it links to question three, does climate change concern you? I worry about the standards of humanity, the way that we speak to people, the way that we treat each other, and the way that through simple human greed, we're actually risking our own extinction. I think about that a lot. I'm not an angel in all of this, but I think about it a lot, and I encourage other people to as well. Slow down a little bit. Don't be so aggressive towards each other. Treat each other nicely. Treat the planet nicely. Treat other animals nicely. And it all sounds a little bit hippified, but honestly, that's what worries me the most about the future, is the extinction of the human race. Number seven, when you were a kid, what did you want to be? I think I probably wanted to be a number of different things. I remember when I was at boarding school, I wanted to play for Liverpool. I loved John Barnes. He was an incredible striker. He was a big guy. And I see him these days, he's still quite a big guy. And I just thought he was super cool and what he did was really cool. Also wanted to be an astronaut for a short period of time. But really, and it's not much of a surprise that I do what I'm doing today. I just wanted to do something in the end related to sport. And I remember dad sitting down with me when I was finishing up my GCSEs, going to A-levels. And he said, do your A-levels. I don't care what you do at university, just go there. So when we went back for sixth form and I started my A-levels and they started university applications, I literally looked at every single sports course in the country back in England. And I found one at Leeds Metropolitan University and I decided to sign up for it. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but, or be, but I knew I wanted it to be with sport. Number eight, what's the best thing that someone can do for you? This one, as you probably tell by my pause, has caught me a little bit off guard. I honestly think that someone to ask me if I'm okay and for me to genuinely feel that they're there to support me in the tough times is the best thing that anyone could really do for me. A lot of people say, let me know and I'll be there for you. But honestly, the number of people that are really there, and this has been quite exposed during the last 18 months of the pandemic, the number of people that are actually there for you and that are there for your own good and that are completely confidential with the information that you're going to give them and that will go away, will reflect on that information, will not divulge it to anyone else, but will come back to you at somehow almost the perfect time with a solution 
is a very small number of people. I think the best thing that I can do for someone else is to listen to them and help them live the best, best life possible. And that really is what we can do for each other. Number nine, I think. Yes, that was number eight. Number nine, does the advancement of tech scare you? Yes, it does. We saw and heard Elon Musk talking on Joe Rogan, I don't even remember when, sometime in the last 18 months, two years, of implanting chips in humans' brains so we don't have to speak to each other, so that we just know what people are thinking. That really scares me. As you've seen from the way that I answered a couple of the questions above, definitely number six, is there anything in the future that you're worried about? And also climate change. I do worry that as a human race, a lot of the things that are part of us, that we're designed to do, are being taken away from us. And this goes from everything. Tech is involved in food, the advancement of science in food is bringing food that's fully engineered, is not natural food, which is changing the way that humans function and look. And tech, as far as what we're talking about there with Elon Musk and planting things in people so they don't even have to talk, really does scare me. I think it might be the end of us because, and if you listen to some of the shows on futurism and on AI, it kind of points in this direction. I'm not an authority on it. I listen and this is my opinion. But I think we're heading in a very interesting direction that I don't really like. I like sitting around. I like being out in nature. Believe it or not, I like not having mobile phone signal. I find it incredibly peaceful. I find tech really invading our lives. I've spoken on other shows about how to detox from tech, about not having notifications on phones. And I talk to a lot of people that say they're just unable to do it. And I feel quite sorry for those people. I feel quite sad that you're so addicted to your phone or you're so, your life is so driven by your job you're unable to be at peace. You're unable to be without a mobile phone or some technical device for one hour, 10 hours, one day. I don't know. It does scare me a little bit. Oh, geez. Number 10. How will the world end? Wow. I'm not sure I've thought out the order of these for the show. I told you this is pretty raw. I just, I'm just reading off the, one, the, the questions that I've written down. I think the world will end pretty much as I've mentioned above. I think we'll go so far away from what we're supposed to be doing that we'll just end up killing ourselves in some way. Lots of people talk about shortage in food being a reality. Lot other people talk about the increase of disease, things like heart disease, obesity, cancer, killing us slowly. 18 months ago, people were talking about COVID killing us until they realized that maybe it was a slight overreaction. I move on. We will kill ourselves. Humans, really, based on what you could say is two things. Either greed or just an insane, which 
those of you that know me will know I'm quite for curiosity, but curiosity on another level. Should we really be going and flying out to space? Isn't a holiday in the south of France okay? I think that's how the world will end. Number 11. The US fast food industry is worth $250 billion. What do you think about that? I'm caught off guard. I think it's disgusting. I think the fast food industry globally is disgusting and it's killing us. It leads to one of my answers to the previous question. But I know that that $250 billion is such an integral part of that economy that it cannot and will not ever be removed. It will only grow. It provides jobs. It feeds people, it homes people, and it allows humans to live. And if you wiped it out, you would wipe out a whole section of human beings, which is wrong. Number 12, mountains. How did they get there? <laughs> Anyone who's ever been out running with me in the mountains would have heard me speak about this. We kind of know how they got there. We kind of know there was ice age and we kind of know the ocean was a big part of the earth. But it still absolutely blows my mind. And the reason why I want to ask this question to people is because I'm just interested to see the different answers that people might have. Let me know what yours is. It's probably more of a fun one and less serious, which after the last half dozen is probably not a bad idea. But how did those mountains really get there? Please don't send me anything from the internet. Number 13. When did you last go for a walk to clear your head? This is something that I think about a lot when I'm working. I probably spend now a little bit more time behind a laptop than actually I want to. And I'm constantly trying to reduce it. And sometimes when I've been working on my laptop, I just feel like I need five minutes to clear my head. Sadly, sometimes that five minutes I will spend on my phone, be it replying to WhatsApps or checking Instagram. When I'm really on top of things or when I'm really thinking about this question, I will stand up and I will go outside and I will go for a walk just to clear my head. And the impact that it has is so much greater than picking up my phone for a few minutes. So yes, this is a contradiction of some of the things I've said above. Or is it an agreement with the way that tech's killing us? Am I as addicted as anyone else? Quite possibly. Number 14. If there was no more ice cream, would you care? <laughs> I think if you'd have asked me this when I was a kid, I absolutely would care. But now, I'm just trying to think. When I last had ice cream was probably when I was on a holiday. I would never really have ice cream at home, ever, unless it was a paleo ice cream. But if, that, if ice cream was removed, then that would be removed as well. I don't think I'd really care. 
I quite like making my own ice cream from bananas. Well, Holly taught me how to do it, so I can't say it's my own. But no, if there was no more ice cream, I wouldn't really care. And the last two questions, which are probably not the highest note to go out on, but again, they're just written down here, are quite similar. Are there life forms on other planets? It depends what you define as life forms. There is some research to suggest that things are happening on other planets. Aliens, maybe. Humans, maybe in the future. But I don't really spend too much time thinking about it. I like exploration. So this kind of is contradictory. Because I like to go out into nature and run up a mountain or go for a walk and explore things. But for me, the thought of traveling to another planet, and this links in to question 16, are you happy with space travel? Generally, I'm not. I don't know why I'm not, because I like adventure and I like exploration. But I think, and having thought in the time that I've been talking to answer question 15 and 16, I think we are put on Earth for a reason. I think we're given the tools for a reason. And I think we operate not our best, but quite well with a lot of the things that have been done for hundreds of years. I would never, even if space travel is quite cheap, I don't think, or I've never had the urge to pursue it. But it goes against my desire to explore and see other things. So, Actually, as I think about it, I don't really know the answer to this question. There we have it. 16 things that you may want to ask yourself. There might actually be more things that you may want to ask me or each other. And I'd really be interested. And I say this in some shows, not in all of them, especially the interviews, but it's quite nice to hear from people. So if you've got to the end of the show and there are some things that you want to ask yourself or some questions that have been on your mind, I'd really like to hear from you. Drop me a message on Instagram, mjd underscore smith. Drop me an email, ms at innerfight.com. It'll be super awesome to hear from you. I really hope that this show's been useful. I found it quite a lot of fun. I've stuttered a couple of times, I think. That was my goal at the start, not to. I've had a couple of long pauses, which hopefully means I've thought about the answers. I'm looking forward to using some of these questions on some of the guests that I interview in future. I do need to get away from the habit of quite a standard introduction that I've used in the 700 plus shows that I've done and just go in with it. And to a guy who has, or girl, who is nothing to do about things like anti-vaxxers or veganisms minorities just hit them with that stat of question five which was 2.6 percent of the world is vegan why do we hear so much from them ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening i hope it's been useful have a fantastic week